Welcome to the Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpod. I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I'm really looking forward to talking to Elmar Jung. Um, Elmar, I met at one of my live events, didn't I, Elmar? At Dorset. That's right, yep. With Clive DeCarle. Uh, it was Clive DeCarle. And, and you came up to me after and said, would you be interested in doing a podcast with analytic dentists? And I thought, yeah. And then I forgot about it. But actually, I, I mean, I, I, I'm genuinely interested in finding out, first of all, what holistic dentists do, and then kind of asking you all the questions I've always wanted to ask about teeth and, and like how to, how to I mean, on a personal level, how to undo all the damage, which, which must have been done in my early years by any number of cowboy dentists uh, on, on a mission to drill my, drill my teeth to oblivion. Um, and yeah, ask, ask all the questions. So first of all, um, you've, you've been a, a holistic dentist for how long? Well, I've actually been a holistic dentist all my life, straight after university or even at university while still studying. I took courses in homeopathy. And so one course then leads to the other. You meet people that do other courses. You go on those courses. And so over the time, you develop a your own protocol, how you approach dentistry, how you approach patients. And yeah, for me, it was always important to to look at the entire person and to look at causes, why things are actually happening. And it's exactly what you were just saying with the drilling. So it's the, the drill, fill, build kind of dentistry that we're educated into during university. And that is what patients then receive. Yes, exactly. Well, I, did you train in Germany? You're, you're, you're from Stuttgart, you told me before we started. Yes, I trained in Germany. And how were, were you, were you, were you sort of viewed as a kind of fringe freak uh, area of dentistry at the time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I did all these wacky things, people said, oh, you must be a Scientologist. So it, it was all sorts of names I was called because it wasn't mainstream. And we know, I mean, it's the same nowadays. If you do something outside the mainstream, you're a bit a stranger. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was, was always like that. However, once you're in it, you get used to it and you just deal with it and you, you go your own way because from a soul level, you know, that is exactly what you want to do. And that is why you're here. And so, yeah, there's, there are lots of obstacles coming at you. And yeah, you just deal with them. But also, it must be quite hard attracting customers, because most people don't know that they, they might need a holistic dentist, they might go, well, what's wrong with dentists? I mean, they've been to dental school, they've got all the qualifications, they've they know what they're doing. Why would I need to go to the fringe? Well, it's actually quite interesting. Great question. We find that a lot of the patients that come to us, they were in a way disillusioned, not only by dentistry, but also by the medical uh, people where they have chronic diseases, chronic ailments, and no one can help them. And then they might research, they might find an article that says, well, have you looked at your teeth for your whatever it is? And that is what we see that when we deal with certain issues, chronic issues like skin problems, for example, is, is a, a 
brilliant one. That is where I made a lot of ex experience in, in the first years where we had people remove the mercury fillings and their, their skin issues disappeared. So it's really that people are looking out that people take responsibility for their health and then they go on a journey, they search. And that is how people find us. And once people have been happy with us, then they tell their neighbors, they tell their friends. And nowadays, very easy on all those social medias where they then can say, well, I had this, I did that, and this is how it's now. Yeah, well, I think we should, I think we should start with mercury fillings. That's a really good one. I remember about, I think it was about two or three years ago. Um, I had, I have these, these patron lunches for my, for my super high level patrons. And I think it was my lovely friend, Anna, who said to me, she kind of depressed me after the lunch. She said, James, I hate to say it, but you realize your health problems are not really going to start going away until you've got rid of your mercury fillings. And oh, I thought, oh, no, 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 fillings. I mean, having them put in is bad enough. Having them taken out and then put back in again is, is, is horrific. Um, but tell me about... Because I, I think most people of my generation uh, have mercury am amalgam fillings. It's what it's what happened. It, uh, I don't. It, does it still happen all the time, or is it is it being phased out? Well, it happens all the time, and it is phased out. There was just from the European Parliament a decree that the amalgam fillings have to be phased out, which brought a, a big uproar on the dental bodies because they say it's the best material, it's the cheapest and the long, longest lasting. So let's start from the beginning. When we were at high school, there was one element that we were told is the most poisonous non-radiating poison on planet Earth. Which one was it? Mercury. Might it have been mercury? Exactly. <laughs> I do remember getting getting it out in you know watching the sort of the blob roll around and thinking this you know, quicksilver this is scary stuff you know you yeah. one didn't want to touch it so it, it strikes me as crazy beyond almost imagining that that for how many tens of years or maybe even centuries people have been putting this stuff in mouths. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 really crazy, and it makes people crazy. Well, we know the Manhattan syndrome, so they they actually got the mercury poisoning, and this is what we see all the time that people have the mercury fillings and they develop symptoms. And if you Google symptoms for mercury poisoning, I mean, you're sitting there for days and days. On the other hand, we can't say you have this symptom. This is because you have the mercury fillings. But there are ways of then removing the amalgam fillings very safely. And then we'll see that the symptoms disappear. The problem with, with amalgam fillings is, other than we are told at university, well, yes, it might be a bit of an issue in it and its own. However, when it comes into your mouth, when it's plugged in and when it's solid, then there's no problem. Well, 
Unfortunately, nothing could be further from the truth because the mercury fillings, the mercury amalgam fillings, they release mercury vapor 24-7. So they release the mercury even more when you chew, when you have hot food, when you smoke, when you have acidic food, when you grind your teeth, when you clench your teeth. And if you have dissimilar metals in your mouth, let's say you have an amalgam filling and you have a gold crown. And oftentimes you don't know you have a gold crown because it looks like a tooth colored one, but underneath there is a core of metal. So when you have dissimilar metals in your mouth, then it's even more mercury that's leached out from the mercury amalgam fillings, goes into your saliva. And so oftentimes what we can see is these dark bluish black areas on the gum where, where you have this more precious metal. And there's nothing else than mercury actually depositing into your gum. Whoa. Now, that's that only one that thing. Then you swallow. You swallow the mercury vapor. It goes into your lungs. And from your lungs, it's in your blood. And from your blood, it just goes everywhere. It crosses the brain blood barrier. It sits in your stomach. It goes into your thyroid, kidneys, spine, just everywhere. I mean, they, they, they did a, a research project many, many years ago in, in the States where they had sheep and they brought um, radioactive mercury in their teeth and checked where this is going. And they found exactly those organs that I just mentioned. Then they removed the amalgam fillings safely and it was still the same. So the mercury then sits there for a long, long time until it moves out. And, and we can't get that old to really be mercury free without helping the mercury to be mobilized and then excreted. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, that process is called chelation, isn't it? C-H-E-L. Chelation well, is one way of doing it. However, it's it's very important with a chelation that this is done with someone who knows exactly what they're doing because there's there's no one chelation um, material that only chelates the mercury. For example, EDTA is a is a great chelator, and they normally use it for lead poisoning. Some people use it for mercury detoxing, but it also binds a lot of other minerals like zinc and zinc is essential for our body and a lot of people are already depleted in in zinc so it's, it's something that needs to be really very very closely monitored and should really be done with the support of a health practitioner who knows what they're doing okay so that is that is because i know that the removal methods of 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 mercury fillings um the 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 amount of vapor that is produced in the process is well i mean it's highly toxic and it gets everywhere which is an argument i can see for, for having it removed by a holistic dentist with all the extra equipment and but then you've just given me another argument that that your holistic dentist will also know how to deal with the after effects better absolutely because 
that's where where we did courses and and we we really know what works best so for example when we do the amalgam removal in our clinic we use vitamin c in a rather high dosage so that already helps with the elimination of mercury however the the great thing about the the mercury detox with vitamin c is that vitamin c is not a chelation it is an a donor, an electron donor, so it can really support the body without affecting other minerals in, in the way that chelation would do. Did you, by any chance, listen to my podcast with Boyd Haley? Dr. I Boyd? hadn't, but I will definitely do, because he was actually one of the first from universities who got an interest in mercury and he developed a fantastic remedy to get the mercury out of the, the body, the USR. Yes, exactly. And I managed to get hold of some. And because I think, I, according to Dr. Dr. Haley, and I, I, I kind of trust him, I, think, I mean, I'd recommend the podcast to anyone interested in, the, in this subject. He's yes. a really splendid man. Um, he says that it, it, of all the, the sort of, collation methods it's the only one that is capable of penetrating the blood brain barrier and getting it out of your brain which is of course the worst place where the mercury accumulates in that sort of soft tissue fatty tissue absolutely and this osr was so good that they put so many hurdles in his way he had to because he first sold it as a supplement i think yes he did and and then the fda said well actually this is not a supplement this this is a a, a proper drug so you need to go through all the trials which in the end he did he found some sponsors to do that and i mean it was really horrific what they did to to make it make sure he doesn't get it through all those phases but he made it so absolutely fantastic that's that's a really good thing oh he he told me so many happy making stories about people with horrifically debilitating conditions people with parkinson's in 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 wheelchairs who could barely move people with 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 alzheimer's mothers with with children with vaccine with 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 autism in, in induced by vaccines and they had remarkable success. It was being talked about in all the chat rooms that sort of mothers, you know, comparing notes. And I think that that's one of the reasons why the powers that be wanted it banned because it was too, too good. Yeah. And that was actually one of my first mind boggling experiences that I had. And that was in the mid nineties. There was a mum that came to me with her daughter, 13 year old, um, Christina. And they were in tears when they were sitting in the waiting room and I came into the waiting room and I couldn't think that this was a 13 year old girl. She was so bloated, so inflamed and she had a, a plaster on her left leg. So they were told that Christina now has to go in a mental institution because she's making all her symptoms up to get there, be institutionalized so that she can think about what she did to herself, to her peers and to her family. Because the GP and the uh, headmaster, they hadn't had a clue what's actually going on with her. And her symptoms, 
They started about six months ago, first with memory loss, then she got really anxious, almost suicidal, pain in her head, migraines. Her body couldn't cope with, with any food. She was swelling, retaining water. And so I thought, well, what, what happened six months ago? And they, they said, well, nothing really. We don't know. So I had a look in her mouth. There was a tiny, weeny little black thing there. And I said, when was she last with a dentist? And mom said, well, about half a year ago. <laughs> and so what we found then out, because it's, it's not just the mercury that you have in your mouth as a child, it's also what your mum has in her mouth during pregnancy and breastfeeding yes. because they detox during breastfeeding and pregnancy. So for a mum, there's nothing better than a pregnancy to detox. Which is why the firstborn child tends to suffer most. Exactly. Yeah. And so we removed very safely this little filling and gave her remedies to detox. And within half a year, she was back at school, one of the brightest sparks. And yeah, that was that was absolutely incredible to see this transformation of that young girl. But that's, Elma, that's so lucky that you saw her. I mean, did, did, when, when they came to see you, did they, they had no idea that it had anything to do with that, obviously. No, they, they didn't. And they only came because we did some wacky things to friends of them, which helped them. And they thought, well, you're probably the last resort. And it was only three days until she would be locked up. So we had to react very quickly. I called the GP and said, give us three months. And if we don't succeed in three months, then do whatever you need to do. And luckily, we within the first few weeks, we, we saw results that were remarkable. That's fantastic. So she only had a tiny, tiny filling. Um, th there seem to be there seem to be um, different people seem to have a different level of sensitivity. I mean, there are various members of my family, in including actually some of my offspring, I might say, who who think I've gone completely mad and and you, you know just some I'm kind of wacko alternative health freak, um, and they've got amalgam fillings and they say, well, it's not, not doing me any harm. What, 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 what can you say to such people? Well, it might not do them any harm now because they're young, they can really compensate. It's, it's with a lot of toxins. They, they are summations over the time. And so I think from a, from a, logical point of view why would you put one of well the most toxic element on planet earth in your body it, this alone doesn't make sense and therefore having amalgam in your mouth can only be detrimental for you and as you rightly say there are people and there's a genetic disposition whether you can actually detox well or you can't and there are, we know, lots of people who have their mouth full of mercury are in their 90s now, and they're absolutely fine. Now, we also have to say that nowadays when people or when babies are born, they already have more than 200 toxins in their blood, whereas 90 years ago it was definitely not that many. So we already enter this world with a, a huge bucket of 
toxins and we don't need that much on top of it to to become sick in in some way or the other right so because if you went to uh a conventional let's say dentist i find that their advice tends to be yeah just just leave leave your mercury fillings where they are that they're, they're fine you know there's the, 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 you'll, you'll do more harm than good taking them taking them out now does that advice ever apply would you say i mean do you, do you think if you've got mercury fillings you should take them out is that your line well the way they say is absolutely correct you'd rather leave them in than drill them out as you drill out composite fillings for example so if you want to have your mercury fillings removed you must make sure it's done in a very very safe way otherwise i would say if they can't provide that protocol which i talk in a moment then don't do it and how much roughly is it going to cost you um to get it done properly per filling say well we charge depending on the size of the filling between 340 and 850 900 pounds depending on what the replacement is right so you can if it's a smaller filling you can do a direct composite filling and if it's a bigger one you might need a, a ceramic inlay or even a crown if there's not much left from the right. tooth okay okay so the protocol it's called SMART because it is a SMART protocol and it stands for Safe Mercury Amalgam Removal Technique. And it's a, a protocol that makes sure that not only the patient, but also staff and dentist are protected to the maximum. So that means the patient is completely covered where special glasses have nasal insufflation of oxygen we have special suction external internal and we we rinse with activated charcoal we give the vitamin c infusions so we we really do the best we can according to this protocol because in the end it's the dentist and the nurse who suffer most because they are in there all day long and the mercury that they drill out, if they don't do it properly, it floats around in the air, then sits down on the ground. So no way how to sweep this when the, when the cleaner comes in. It will always stay there. So if you go into a, a practice that does mercury, you can be sure that there will be mercury in the room and you will tra- take mercury home with you. So sell it to me. Say I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't got much money, but I've got my mouth full of amalgam fillings. What, what benefits could I expect to see for all this outlay afterwards? Well, this is something we can't guarantee. We don't know. The only thing that we do know is when you do not have any amalgam fillings in your mouth, then you're not getting intoxicated. Your thyroid will work better. Your brain very likely be better your digestive system it all depends on what are your symptoms now how big is the priority that you do anything for your health and then we can start with just one filling and do one at a time as as your finances make it possible yeah yeah um okay now we've 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 dealt with the biggie but here's another one so um 
fluoride. Okay, just one point oh, yes. for, for the replacement of the amalgam fillings. So you say, you decide, yes, I have my amalgam fillings out. Now you have it replaced with the white ones. However, you really need to be very careful here because most of the composite fillings, they also have, as we discuss in a moment, fluoride, they have BPA, they have hormone disruptors in. So you might change one poison for the other. Oh, great. Therefore, very, very important that you choose a dentist that can provide a composite that hasn't got any of, of those uh, right. materials, ingredients. Okay. So... I was, um, somebody, somebody, um, forwarded me on my Telegram channel, I think, to this dentist. I think she's English, but she's based and spent her career in America. You, I'm sure you've come across her. And she was talking about her protocol for having healthy teeth and avoiding having to see her hygienist because this, this method dealt with plaque and stuff. And it, um, but part of her, treatment involved she said i i don't like fluoride very much but i do think that regrettably you, you're going to have to use some um listerine as part of the you know she, she named these various mouthwash products at least one of which contained fluoride um i was wondering where you are on this is, is fluoride an absolute no-no or does it have any uses at all well it has a lot of uses just look at the concentration camps where they use it makes the prisoners docile so it, it works pretty well. In, okay, in, so it calms in, you down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want spotted teeth, then it's also good to, to use fluoride. If, if we look at the history, let's say the city of Basel, for example, in Switzerland, they did water fluoridation for 40 years. And they looked at all the data and... Switzerland, we know they are very precise. So after 40 years, they decided to stop the water fluoridation out of a couple of reasons. A, they didn't see any difference in tooth decay in Basel than they did somewhere else in Switzerland. They also said there's a, a lack of evidence that the water fluoridation is actually evident and we also do, in a way, a mass medication. So that's, that's not really medical ethical if we look at the Nuremberg trial. And uh, what, what they said that everyone must have their own or must make their own decision what they want to bring into their body as a, as a drug, as a supplement or whatever they take. So there is a lot of evidence out there that fluoride also affects your body and like mercury fluoride is actually a competitor to your to your iodine and that means to your thyroid so fluoride mercury chlorine bromine from fire retardant they all compete with iodine on your thyroid and therefore it's very important that iodine becomes part of your daily supplementation regime. So water fluoridation, you also don't know how much people drink. So it's, it's, you can't know how much fluoride actually gets in people. Then there are people, they are more susceptible than not. And also almost 
nine, more than 90% of the water that is fluoridated is never drunk. It's used in industry. It's washed, used for washing, for cooking. So it's a, it's a huge impact on the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Okay. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't be using that, even a fluoride mouthwash. Um, well, the, the challenge with mouthwashes is they might help in the short term, but long term, because they kill also the good bacteria, they dry out their mouth, especially when they are with alcohol. The best mouthwash we have is our saliva. Okay. Okay. And salty water rinse, oil pulling. Ah. Oh. oh, Elmer, I'm so, you've made, you just made me happy. Because I was about to say to you, the thing I've just started doing every morning now when I get up, I get some coconut oil and swill it around my mouth for 10 minutes and then spit it out outside. You've got to spit it outside because otherwise it, it'll solidify in your drains. And it's been fine for me so far, apart from the fact that I, I go out outdoors barefoot and I slipped on the, uh, the slippery tiles one day and really buggered up my back. But apart from that, I've, I, I've been... So tell me, does oil pulling work? Oil pulling works, yeah. It's, it's a really good thing. It's antibacterial, antimicrobial. The, the one thing is, and that's always my question to our patients, how do you finish your oil pulling? I clean my teeth afterwards. Only your teeth? Oh, and, and the sort of the, the roof of my mouth and my gums. Brilliant. And you clean your tongue as well, I guess. Do you know, I've, I, I, always, I always miss out my tongue. Right? My son has got one of those um, tongue, tongue scrapers. Yes, get one too. Oh, really? Very, very important because the tongue with its fillies, there are tiny little uh, parts where bacteria can sit. And if you start scraping your tongue, you will be surprised how much stuff you get off the tongue. And it's very important, especially before you go to bed, that your whole oral area is clean. And if you think teeth are only 10% of your mouth, so you really have to clean your gums, you have to clean your teeth, uh, your, your cheeks, the palate as you do. And the coming back to the oil pulling is, is so important that all the oil is out because the oil pulled out toxins. So if you don't clean properly, all the toxins will be reabsorbed and you just wasted 10 minutes. So so where are these toxins coming from? Are they just coming from the mouth or does it have a effect beyond that? Well, it comes out of the gum. It's, it's like a, when, when you have these old pumps in the Wild West where you pump and pump and pump and it takes a while until the water flows. This is how I explain it. This is how oil pulling works. And that's a reason why doing oil pulling only for two minutes doesn't really do anything. Right. OK, so I sort of intuitively um, sense that it's a good thing. But am I going to feel any benefits? What, 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 are the, what are the toxins it's pulling out? Well, bacteria, endotoxins from bacteria. And what I found when I did it 20 years ago, I did it for about four months or so. And overnight, after three months or so, my teeth almost overnight became much brighter to my total surprise. 
I, I I noticed this when I when I've when I've just spat out the the oil. My teeth look lovely. They look, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a great to. way to do it, and it's so cheap. It's natural. It's healthy. You don't bring any nasty bits into your system. So yeah, keep going. Very okay. Good. So that's oil pulling done. Now, what about electric toothbrush versus no hand toothbrush? Well, whatever is more convenient for you. The the main thing is that most people don't brush long enough. And whether they don't brush long enough with an electric or with a manual doesn't really matter. You, and I always say jokingly, you only need to brush the ones you want to keep. And so if you have a lot of teeth left, then you need at least, at the very, very least, two minutes to clean them properly. Right. Okay. So I've one of the things I picked up from this 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 dentist woman whose name I can't remember is that you start off sort of brushing the gums and and sort of in a sort of upward stroking motion. So you're massaging the gums before you get to the teeth. Is that right? Well, there there are many different ways, and the the major thing is that one discovers a way so that they really know they've done the brushing. Because some people, they stay in the bathroom, they do something else, they shave or, or read something, and they haven't got a clue where the toothbrush actually works. So I think it's important to do a one task and brush your teeth and nothing else, because only then you know that you brushed everywhere you yes. need to brush. Brush mindfully, as I suppose they'd put it. These, these. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what I find that despite my best efforts, particularly behind uh, those teeth there, I get plaque buildup quite quickly. Um, and I can sort of scrape it off with my fingernail sometimes. Um, but what... Are, I mean, hygienists are so bloody expensive and so hard to get appointments with. Is there any other way of avoiding this plaque buildup? You won't like what I'm saying. Get you get rid of your amalgam fillings, because it's it's really about a disbalance that you have in your mouth. People who have had their mercury fillings out and go to a more balanced lifestyle, they don't need a high dental hygienist. Oh, I've got, I've, I've had my, I had my, I had my amalgam fillings out, um, but not with a holistic dentist. And I, I must say, I mean, although the, the, he, he was jolly nice and it was, it was, you know, um, I, I about, about seven days after I felt really, really shit. I mean, I, you know, I definitely had a bad reaction yeah. and, and I suppose, luckily, I've had access to that Boyd Haley magic formula, yeah. which has probably got rid of it. I mean, I think, I think, do you know what? I do think that my so-called Lyme disease symptoms or whatever, you know, they've become much less frequent since I've, yeah. I, I suspect that Lyme disease and, and mercury poisoning, they're, they're all on a sort of spectrum of, you know, they, they work, work with one another. Yeah. Um. But yes, okay. What else can I do? To what about that xylitol? Well, xylitol is 
great for the bacteria. They love it and they can't metabolize it. So they pop in a way. So it's, it's a good one. However, I, I wouldn't overemphasize it. Otherwise people just live on xylitol. So a little bit is definitely good to have or to use in your oral health regime. I don't use it. And it's about a balanced diet. And so that you do not have the build up anymore. And that's, that's what we see with most of our patients that once the toxins are removed, metals out of the mouth, then as soon as the, the mouth is really healthy, you don't have much of a buildup. Right. Okay. How do you take xylitol? I mean, is, is, are you saying basically chewing gum or, or are there other, other ways you can take it? Well, some, some of the dental products like toothpaste, they have xylitol in them and you can make your own toothpaste and just add a little bit of xylitol to that. So use hydrogen peroxide, 3%, bit of Celtic sea salt, Himalayan salt, and mix that to a paste and then, then brush your teeth so you know exactly what's in there. You can put some vitamin C, some essential oils with it. Oh, that's a good idea. But how does one get the recipe for that? Um, you go on my YouTube channel. I did that, I think, 10 15 years ago, I, I did a little video clip, show all the ingredients. And yeah, it's very, very easy to do. And you know exactly what you put in. Okay. Because at the moment, I don't, I don't use fluoride toothpaste. They use that fennel flavored, you, you must, you get it from health food shops. What's it called? Um, you must know the one. There are so many. Oh, okay. But they're okay, aren't they? Yeah, as long as there is no fluoride in it, no sodium lauryl sulfate and any other nasties. You want one that hasn't got any glycerin in because that coats the teeth so the, the, the goodies from the toothpaste can't get to the tooth. There, there's still, other than the fluoride, a couple of other ingredients that you want to avoid. Right. Okay. Now tell me about gum recession is there anything that one can do to kind of heal it or you know the question is what is the reason for the gum recession and there are mainly two reasons one is from inflammation and the other is mechanical now the inflammation you can see it when the gum is red when the gum is swollen maybe even pus is coming out. So that is something where you need to address the underlying issues. And gum disease, just like tooth decay, they are systemic diseases. If you have a gum disease, you also have a gut disease. So that is all coming together. We, we know that there's the oral microbiome, there's the gut biome, and there's also the connection, the gut-brain connection. So this is all interconnected. And therefore, just doing a, a local scraping, deep cleaning, or whatever we call it in, in dentistry, this is just a symptomatic treatment. What you need to do is get your gut sorted so that that has the right microbiome. And then 
the oral microbiome will also benefit from that. And of course, you want to do a, a local treatment when you have pus. You can use ozone from the dentist. They go, he goes into those pockets and the ozone then kills the bacteria in there. That works very well. You can use an ozonated cream to do that. But the main thing is to look at the underlying issues. The second one, the mechanical one, is if your teeth are not in harmony. So when you bite together, you move your teeth to the left, to the right, to the center, then there might be this tooth too much, getting too much of pressure. And therefore, the periodont, the area or the, the tissue that holds the tooth in the socket, in the jawbone, that gets overloaded and then it reacts with recession. Right. So it's, it's two reasons why that happens. Okay. Um, now, this is not one for me, at least at the moment, but this crops up quite a lot in some of the discussion groups I'm in. Um, where are you on, um, what's it called, when you have the, 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 the root canal? Root canal. As a biggie. Okay. So dentistry is the only part of medicine that thinks having a dead organ in the body is good. Everywhere else in medicine, if you have an appendix that rots, they take it out. If you have a gangrenate toe, it will be cut off because it will intoxicate the entire body. With a root canal, they think it's different. Now, the the challenge with root canals is that, especially when you have a, a molar tooth, one of those big teeth that have three, four or five roots, then they have four or five main channels. And there are specialists, endodontists, who do a fabulous job in removing the pulp, the nerve, the arteries, all the stuff that's in the pulp. Now, the challenge here is that a tooth exists of far more channels than just those main channels. Some people, researchers, say that is two to three miles of tiny little channels inside your tooth. And the other challenge is that you can't make that sterile. So they, they took a root canal treated tooth and put it through industrialized sterilization. Then they opened the tooth and they still found lots and lots of bacteria. So for bacteria, it's an ideal hiding place because nothing gets there. And all those solutions that you use whilst you do the root canal treatment, they just don't penetrate the tooth to an extent that we can say it's bacteria free. And even if it would do that, once you stop the treatment, because laser can do a lot, ozone can do a lot, but as soon as you stop that, the bacteria will migrate back in and you still have the issue. Now, that's on a, let's say, on a physical area. If we then look into the, the bigger scope of things, 
and this is where it then becomes holistic even more, the Chinese, they know acupuncture for thousands of years. They know there are energy pathways through the body and every single tooth, every single tooth is connected to one of those energy pathways. So, for example, your front teeth, your front teeth, upper and lower, the four front teeth, they are connected to your kidneys, your bladder, your urogenital system. What that means is that when you have a dead tooth or a root canal treated tooth, that energy on this meridian, on this energy pathway can be reduced or even blocked, which means that you have a root canal in your mouth and that has an effect on those correlated meridians. And therefore, we think that root canals to be really healthy would be a good idea to have them removed. Right. Um, sorry, I don't even know what a root canal is. A, a root canal is, let's say you hurt your tooth, a tooth is broken and the, the nerve is exposed to help the tooth to leave the tooth inside or the rest that is there. The dentist removes the pulp. The pulp is the area in the middle of the tooth where you have the nerve, where you have all, all right. the blood coming in, the lymph vessels. So that will be cleaned. The tooth actually will be killed. Life will be taken away from it. So then they fill a mass into this channel. And a lot of the times this is not really the most natural thing right. that goes in there. And then they rebuild the tooth. Often they put a, a metal post in and then a crown to hold it. Okay. So is it is it possible to undo that? I think over the years we will discover that we find ways with stem cell therapy that we can bring back life into teeth. At the moment, I haven't seen anything okay. like that happen. So at the moment, if you've had a root canal, you're stuck with it. Yes. Um, but your advice would be don't if, you, if, 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 you, if your dentist tells you you need one. Yes. It's, it's also a question how we approach the tooth. Because if you have, for example, a deep decay, and if the decay is removed all at once, you might end up in the nerve. So our approach is then to remove as much as we can without getting in the nerve, putting a temporary filling there and then give it three or six months. Because in those three to six months, we then hope, and most of the time it happens, that the nerve retracts a bit and it builds, a we call it bridging, so it builds more dentine. The, the tooth is constructed out of three layers. You have the enamel on the outside, then the dentine on the inside, and towards the root, there's the cement. So the body then builds more of the dentine between the pulp and the tooth decay. And when we then go in after three to six months, we can remove more of the decay. Yeah, I would say almost a lot of the times we can then remove all of the tooth decay and then put a filling in and this way we've saved the tooth. Right. This is this is 
when you have tooth decay. Now, when you have a trauma, it's a different story. You then need to decide probably on the spot what you want to do. And it's the same with mercury. You, you don't drop dead the next day when you have a root canal. And there are people who are really robust and they, they live with their root canals until a very, very long age. However, nowadays we have so many people who are medically compromised that they they can't deal with much more. And the, the real challenge is for the health practitioner, for the GP, then to connect the dots that when they have a root canal on a tooth that is correlated, let's say, to the prostate and they have a prostate issue, no one knows, no one looks at the teeth. So dentistry is, is still such an outsider in holistic overall health, which, which is incredible because for me, I would say dentistry is actually central to your yeah. overall health. Um, so what about if the teeth, the tooth is irreparable? What, 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 what's the holistic way of dealing with that? I mean, if you've got to, if you've got to extract it and what do you put, do you put a, a bridge in instead or what? Or implant? You have different options. The, the least invasive option would be a denture because with a denture, you just take an impression and you have one tooth on the denture and you can click that in just a tiny little denture to replace that tooth. How, now, how does it fit in? It, it holds with little clasps on the neighbor teeth. Okay. And then the That's next option one, if it's a back area, you, some patients even say, well, I'm not really bothered. I'll see how it, I go and I, I leave the gap for the time being. Second option is a bridge. Now with a bridge, you need to know that for a bridge, as we know, bridges, they need two retainers, one on the front, one on the back, and then in between is the bridge. If you have the two teeth either side of the gap without any filling, so you in a way sacrifice those teeth because the dentist needs to drill away a lot of the substance of those teeth to make the bridge fit, which means there's a trauma to the teeth, the teeth can become sensitive and worst case they can die. And then you either need a root canal or you have the teeth out. So drilling a tooth always needs to be done very, very carefully because it's a, it's a living substance. And uh, another option would be an implant. An implant is an artificial root that is placed into the jawbone and then you bring in a crown onto that implant. Therefore, you don't need to drill on the neighbor teeth. However, you have a artificial material in your jawbone. And that, that brings us, shall we go on with implants? Yes, please. I want to know. Okay. So for most of my career, I didn't advocate implants because most implants, they were titanium. And we know that titanium interacts with your jawbone. We take a lot of titanium implants out. And most of the time, we can see that there is a lot of infection around those implants because the titanium interacts with the jawbone. And that means that there is a toxic element in your jawbone, which 
can then also create issues with your overall health. And that's that's what we see a lot of the times, that people just don't react nicely with, with their metal implants. <clears throat> and also, the body doesn't really crave implants. It doesn't say, give me more of that titanium. And people, a lot of people who lose teeth also have overall health compromises. They have chronic issues. And to add something like a titanium implant onto their health, I think is a yeah, very questionable approach. Unfortunately, most dentists who, who do implants, especially the titanium implants, they, they don't have that wider view on the things that the implants do. Now, it's said that the implants incorporate osseointegration is, is the word, that they integrate into the bone very nicely. Well, I have to tell that with the implants that we see, is most of the times not the case. We can unscrew the implants a lot of the times. And that means that they haven't really integrated properly. And over the last few years, there have been ceramic implants and zirconia implants coming. And I was still not convinced that this is the right way to go because we, we still saw people not dealing very well with their ceramic or zirconia implants. However, over the last three years, we have developed a way to reduce stress in our patients' systems. And every person that comes for us for surgery has, or we recommend, that they do what we call biophoton therapy. But it includes much, much more than just the biophoton therapy, which works with mirrors. So we include into that therapy the emotion code from Dr. Bradley Nelson and the German new medicine from Gadrike Hammer. And we dive really, really deeply into blocked emotions because that, for me nowadays, is one of the major reasons why people get sick. They have blocked emotions. They have blocked emotions where they get the implant, where they had the root canal or whatever happened there. And so we release those blocked emotions and then the healing is much, much better. And especially people can then incorporate the implants much better. I would still never, ever, ever, ever do a metal implant, only zirconia implants. And we found a supplier in, in Switzerland and a dentist in the UK who has a lot of experience. And so for our healthier clientele, we now also offer the implants. I'm still reluctant with people who have multiple chronic issues. I think they should be dealt with earlier before they get another part in their body that might possibly interact with their overall health. So that's the great thing about a bespoke approach to patients' health. We can always check, test how the person reacts for the materials. 
That's also the reason why we test our our composite materials. We have three composite materials that are absolutely fine in terms of ingredients. And still on the day of the treatment, we test which one is best for the patient. Right. Did you see me wincing slightly when you were talking about titanium? I've got this bloody great titanium thing from there to there. I hope it's not... It's probably poisoning me, isn't it? Well... It doesn't really matter where the implant, the titanium implant is. And I know from not personal, but family experience where they had a, a Taylor frame, which is a frame you put in when you lengthen extremities and the frame was in was titanium. And when it came out and even during the process of having this frame, I think they had six or eight of these big screws in in the leg. There was always an issue, always some pus coming out. And in the end, when they took it out, it never really healed. So they had to have a surgery in a special clinic in Vienna. Took four hours to clean the bone of exactly what we see in the jawbone. It's horrendous. Oh, bugger. Well, should I have it? Should I have it out or not? <laughs> well, talk with your surgeon because it's there for a reason. The question is, does it still have to be there? No, what it doesn't. The no, no. And what what are the risks? What can be the complications when you take it out? Oh, is it just a matter of taking it out and having it heal? And so that's that's. Uh, well, I have to really do it after. After the hunting season's over anyway. <laughs> That's another matter. <laughs> okay. So what what have I not asked? What key things have I not asked you? I've, I found this utterly fascinating, by the way. I'm, you, you're, you're really... Um, you, I'm, I'm so glad I had you on. But there's one bit that we haven't touched, and that is children. Nowadays, still, when kids have a bit of a, a crowding in their teeth, the dentist says, oh, yeah, let's see how it goes. Come back when they are 12 or 13 and we'll have another look. So mum comes back when they are 12 or 13 years old and the dentist says, oh, they're still crowded. So now we have to take four teeth out. And mum says, well, they're healthy teeth. Well, yeah, we have to create space. This is the first nonsense because you don't create space when you take teeth out because that space is used to bring the others in place. So our approach is different. We start very early. A, we really encourage mums to breastfeed, to breastfeed properly and long enough because with the breastfeeding, the child, the baby really starts developing their jawbone by having the nipple between the palate and the tongue. This pushing, this pressing, this sucking gives information to the palate to start the growing. And also by properly breastfeeding, the kids start to swallow properly. They start to breathe properly. They are 
less likely to have any sinus issues, asthma, food intolerances or gut issues. And when we see kids around five, six years old and they have a tendency to what we call a mal-occlusion because the teeth don't come together properly or there is a crowding, we start them out already with some simple exercises, with some simple devices, so that by the age of 12, they have created that space that we need to bring all the teeth in place. So, so important. And that can take so much trauma off the kids. Because of the funny thing is, when they get their, their braces with 13, 14, this is a time when the teenager want to break out and actually, he's put into prison with these yes, train tracks. Yes, that's true. And the other thing is, when you when you put these train tracks in, you kind of fixate the right and the left hemisphere of your skull, which also means that the bones in your skull don't have that movement anymore. So if you do that, please, please see a cranial osteopath so that they can help with that movement. And again, this is the reason why we are more towards the myofunctional therapy, because it's it's the, the muscles that actually do the the damage or the the good. When we get the the teeth aligned, the muscle relaxed is so important. It's also important to check if the child has a tongue tie, because if there's a tongue tie, they can't move the tongue properly. They can't bring the tongue in the position where it actually should be, therefore making it very, very difficult to swallow properly and to sleep properly. So they probably sleep with their mouth open. And that's already very bad for your oral microbiome, because this way your mouth dries out. And that is more likely than to cause tooth decay. So there's a lot of things that we need to look at. And breathing is a very, very, very big one. And hardly anyone breathes properly. Do you know, uh, my one of the great improvements in my health is I, 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 I've, I've been taping up my mouth at night for the last 10, yeah. 10 years. And my goodness, you notice if you don't do it. You feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have we have we sort of more or less covered the bases now, would you say? Anything else? What else? Um, oral hygiene, we, we, we mentioned that. So people can really produce their own toothpaste. Flossing. The well, uh, tell me about flossing. Yeah, flossing, absolutely, because the the bristles of your tooth brush don't get in those areas. The, the main thing is that you get taught to do it correctly, properly, other than just putting the floss down into the area between the teeth. That can really hurt because you then um, hit the papilla. So you need to really learn to do it correctly. And I recommend to use a silk a silk um, floss because the silk floss hasn't got any plastic in it and there's research now 
that the plastic from the floss can actually go into your gum and there's so much things that we need to research with these microplastics i think that will be the the next biggie because people or researchers already discover those in in the bloodstream of people where do you get silk floss from um there's there's a lady in canada who sells it worldwide kmh um what's her name i think it's kmh solution something something like that silk and she has a whole uh bunch of of different very ecological friendly devices okay uh she's then... actually on my podcast one of my podcasts okay so if um you want to listen to anything like that i think the the podcast is a great way of looking for answers because we we're, we're a really bespoke practice so if if someone wants to ask questions i really really encourage them to have a look first in the podcast listen to them the whole area of dentistry is is covered there i'm i'm pretty sure that they find a solution and the answer and we also on our website have a frequently asked question area so yeah or another thing is buy their book shut your mouth and open wide that's that's a very excellent bit of um product placement there Omar. i'm i'm so glad <laughs> you know something there's a saying among among regulars of this of this show that if the podcast lasts only an hour it normally means that it's been a bad a bad experience but i would say that this this hour long podcast is very much the exception i think you've been fantastic and i'm so glad you suggested yourself as a as a potential guest you've been fascinating tell please tell people where they can find your website and your other stuff well the website is www uh dr delta romeo hyphen elmar echo lima mike alpha romeo hyphen jung that's julia uniform november golf dot com we're based in in southampton and, and just one thing with my name we had a patient the other day and if you if you look at jung you normally spell it jung and he came in and, and said to me oh my god you're not Chinese. <laughs> oh, you are spelt with a Y. No, I'm spelt with a J. Yes, that's what most, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people say Jung, and he thought, oh, Jung, that must be a Chinese. <laughs> oh, I see. No, I was thinking the other thing. I was thinking, are you some kind of descendant of the uh, psychologist? That's yes, like... my grand-granddad. Really? I would love to say that in honesty, but unfortunately, it's not. No, you wouldn't actually. I think. <laughs> I mean, look, psych psychiatry is a, is a whole. You know, it's a rabbit hole, and it's and it's no, it's that's used by the enemy to control us. It's not a good thing. <laughs> no, um, he's from Switzerland. I'm from Germany. So. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, well, th thank you also for laying the ghost of one of my previous uh, guests who happened to be German and was slightly slightly humorless didn't really get really didn't get me at all and it kind of you know it was kind of orcs anyway i, I um, would love to to say something else in, in terms of what we offer with the with the holistic treatment because i think this is this is where 
especially your uh, audience might really resonate with mm -hmm. that that we that we see disease whether that's in the teeth or in our body this is something a we created ourselves and b it's a sign of our i would even say soul to show us please Elma, have a look because it's it's no coincidence that we develop tooth decay on the upper right canine tooth if we are very aggressive or we suppress our aggression because that tooth is connected with the liver with the eyes and this is our so to say aggressive tooth so i think it's it's very very important that we a obviously take responsibility for our health and look at diseases in a way that they just signal us hello something's not quite right please 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 have a look otherwise i need to send you something else is is that the upright canine is that on there yeah it's the third from the middle yeah the the, the really spiky one I don't have to, so obviously aggression is not my problem. No, my one's my is the back one there. What's that? What does that mean? The back one on the top is stomach and pancreas. All right, and that's connected with emotions like what can't you stomach, what's on your stomach, these kind of things. So it's 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 fascinating to look into that correlation of teeth, organs, emotions. And yeah, as I said, I'm pretty sure that when we uncover and unleash those blocked emotions and Sam Cooper, who does that treatment in our clinic, she's absolutely brilliant. And people probably know about entities and all sorts of, of funny critters. We can remove all these things as well. And so it can be done remotely. We have patients all over the world who just call for for that kind of treatment, and I think it's this is this is actually the future to to make sure that we release our blocked emotions so that we can actually flourish. Oh, that's great! I love it. I love I love all this kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm re I'm really into it. Um, Elmer, thank you so much. Um, well, my pleasure. Thank I'll you. Put, I'll put the links at the bottom. If you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have, um, I hope you'll consider supporting me. You, you, you remember, it's not just because you love me or, or because you like my stuff. It's also because you do get early access to all these podcasts. I know I, there's now about a week's delay, I think, before I release them. Uh, so if you want to get in there first, support me on Substack, Locals are my, are my favorites. You can buy me a coffee if you just want to give me dribs and drabs here and there. Go to my ever improving ever expanding website jamesdellingpole.co.uk it's great there's lots of all sorts of stuff about me there's an archive now it, it gets better and better um thanks to my brilliant assistant andrew um and elmar young thank you again it was my pleasure to be here and i hope you got a lot out of that i did thank you yeah